guys, this is Jackie Cooper with J. Cooper Travels, and today I have Morgan back. Um, we are doing a series on uh, sugar gliders because of how special they are as uh, pets, but also because um, as someone like myself who's in the travel space, I love looking at exotics and learning more about the proper care of animals that might not originally be from United States and that we might decide to have in our homes because also when we end up traveling and going back to those countries then we can kind of see where the natural habitat is for the animals that we might be seeing either in our home or in zoos or that type of thing. Um, one of the things that I'm going to mention is that um, we in the podcast a block of information um there's always contact information for morgan and myself both from the travel side as well as from the uh the sugar glider side but be sure to subscribe to the podcast be sure to subscribe early on to the um the youtube because by subscribing and um increasing the listenership it also allows YouTube to say you can add more links and you can do all that other great stuff so that way you guys can keep um, up with all the various episodes that we're going to be doing. Morgan, thank you so much for being here. How are you doing today? I'm great, thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I have been learning a little bit every day about these sugar gliders and they are super cute. I'm going to, in a second, put up some pictures so you can kind of describe uh, them but um, for those that haven't heard the first episode and who might not know about your background, why don't you share a little bit about the name of your business, how you ended up becoming a rescue mom, and um, you know a little bit more about what you're doing because um, it's just it's really fascinating and I'm really supportive of you and what you're doing. Oh, I appreciate that. Thank you. So uh, my name is Morgan Berliner. Uh, my business is called Morgs and Friends. Um, I have three sugar gliders. That's um, Horace, Jasper, and Olive. And they actually are, um, they're all three of them are standard grays. And all three of them came to me as rescues. Um, I was working as a veterinary technician. And I just kind of happened to meet people who were looking to rehome their gliders. And uh, I said yes. And... It kind of it started this whole awesome journey. So now I make enrichment and cage uh, things for sugar gliders and other exotic pets as well. Um, I'm an approved vendor in multiple groups, so all of my stuff has been tested to make sure it's safe for you and your gliders. And I just have a lot of fun. I do a lot of education. Um, I am a mentor, so I help new owners, and I pretty much just my days are sugar glider field, and it's amazing. And I'm, we're looking at a picture of a sugar glider. Who's this little one? They are. This is my baby boy, Horace. He's my sweet baby boy. Um, he uh, He's super social, so I have three. So he one of them is my big chunky boy, and he's friendly, but he's also kind of sassy. And then... Horace is super friendly, just like, oh, hey, mom, like, pet me, I, I love you. And then there's Olive, who's like, hmm, hmm, I don't know, hmm. <laughs> so Olive's the queen of the cage. Uh, she tells all the boys, like, what to do, where they're going to be, don't touch her treats. So um, in this picture, um, I know you make a lot of different things. So in this picture, is this one of the things that you've made, and what is it? 
Yes. So this is what's called a sleeping pouch. So um, I made this and it's made with cotton and anti-pill fleece. So I'm a big Alice in Wonderland girl. I have tattoos of Alice in Wonderland and everything's uh, Nightmare Before Christmas and Alice in Wonderland and are my big my big things. And um, so this is a fabric that I actually bought custom. Um, and then when you're sewing fabric, you have to make sure that the inside is um, cut a very specific way so it won't um, unravel or fray. And then you have to sew it a very specific way as well. So even if like one stitch comes undone, there's like multiple stitches in there so that they can't get through. Because if they can, if they can get to all of like that string or like that loose, um, those loose fibers, that can be really dangerous for them. It can get wrapped around their fingers, in their mouths. Um, they can get foreign bodies from swallowing that. So that's part of the actual approval process is if you're going to sew cotton, it has to be, so you have to make sure you have like a, a tight top stitching that you see um, right there. It has to be like very, very tight. Um, and plus there's multiple stitching on the inside just to make sure that that's secure as well. So we have, uh, let's see, we have another picture. Who's this? So these are all three of them. Um, let's see. One of them is Horace. You can see cause he has the little dark spot on his ear. And then um, we have uh, Jasper in the middle, and he's my chunky boy. You can't really tell, but everybody uses him as a blanket. So when I say hi to them in the morning, like, everybody's under, like, their brother. <laughs> and um, the thing with uh, gliders is I actually asked the vet because um, some people think, you know, that you know, them being chunky isn't healthy, but they're actually just like people. So genetically, they could just, they could just be like on the bigger side. And that's normal. Gliders can actually span from like 65, 70 grams to 150 grams. So my, my boy happens to be 135 lovely grams, um, which is, which is fine. He's healthy. He's normal. He's on the same diet as everybody else. Um, and then there's Olive. She's down there at the bottom, but she's kind of has her face tucked in so you can't see her. But it's funny because she's about 75 grams. Her brother Horace is probably close to like 80, 85. And then there's Horace at 130. So. Let's see what the next picture is. Whoops, that's a white. Nope. I go backwards. All right. Who's what? that? That So that is actually Horace again. Um, he's the most photogenic one. So he's like, he's the one. So they're all inside and he's the one that pops out and is like, oh, oh hey. <laughs> so tell me, how did you get into the rescue area? So actually, um, I lived in California at the time, which is um, illegal to own sugar gliders. I want to put that out there. If you live in California, it is not recommended to have sugar gliders there. Um, I did it because I, um, because basically these people were looking to rehome within California and I had the resources to do so. So I said yes, but I personally would not have brought them into California just because I know the risks. So I just want to put that out there. There's a lot of controversy, with it. but um, I've always been big into rescuing um, 
my dog. Um, one of my dogs we got as a puppy, but the other one I rescued four years ago. Um, my chameleon, my leopard gecko, everybody, you know, everybody kind of came to me as uh, my my home of random friends. So um, I just knew that, especially to just, in, I wanted to learn what I was doing and I wanted to, um, I wanted to help. Like, that's my big thing is, unfortunately, a lot of people don't know the care that's involved in gliders when they get them. Um, there are certain companies who do who go out to shows and who go out to conventions and kind of try and don't necessarily go into the levels of care that are actually involved. So people don't necessarily know what they're getting into. And unfortunately there are quite a few who are rehomed when that care level can't be met or it, you know, it's a lot of work. So um, I just knew that I wanted to, you know, to try and I, I, I don't know. I just, I have a, I just love rescuing. Honestly, like it's just, it just makes me happy because it's like, I just, I feel like I've like been a misfit. And so I like take all my little misfits and I just, you know, like come, come with me. I'll, I'll take you. Like I got you. So I don't know. Um, the group that I got involved in actually, because I lived in California, most of the group, I wanted to learn as much as I could about gliders. Like even like when I just started learning about them. And then like when I knew that I was going to be taking some in, I wanted to do like all the research I could. Um, but there wasn't much that I could find online. So I wanted to find like real people. And I got denied from like all of the groups that I tried to join. Like just like, I wasn't trying to do anything. I was just trying to learn. But because I lived in California, they actually, I got denied from it. Um, so the one group um, I got accepted into and they, um, I was able to, just to learn about it too, just to see if like that was even right for me before I like accepted rescuing them. Yeah. So um, I think that that is a really great thing for anyone to do is to educate yourself before you adopt an animal because um, too often, I think that we get in the mind that they're so cute and all animals are cute, but they all have us, like you said, a certain level of care. And it's really important that, um, you make sure that it fits within your lifestyle and your family before you adopt one. Um, and like you were saying, well, before we were, you know, started the recording, um, there, it's very, it's, it's not that it's complicated, but there's just a lot of information to know, which is why um, you're, you know, you being a mentor is really helping the next person who adopts, um, you know, a sugar glider. Um, we had talked about the importance of doing a series. So we're, for those that are listening, we're doing different episodes. And because of the detail of information that Morgan knows about, we're going to be talking about different topics and different episodes. So one episode might be about the dental care. One episode might be about food. One episode might be what kind of insurance do you need? Uh, today's episode is actually about the house. How, you know, what you might decide, okay, I am super excited and I'm going to adopt. But once you adopt, you have to be able to put the little friend in a home, not just your big home, but their home. So, um, Morgan, can you, I know that that's also another reason why you started your business because, um, you can get a cage, 
but then there are certain things you need to have in a cage. So do you want to share, um, you know, if someone has made that decision that they want to adopt, they have found some a rescue or a new uh, baby, um, what do they need to get to have so when they bring that animal home, everything is set and ready to go? So that's super important. So um, cages for sugar gliders. Um, sugar gliders, you have to understand, it's kind of like having like a toddler at all times. Like they're like gonna be mischievous and they're gonna be silly and you have to be prepared for that. They're not, they're nocturnal. So they're gonna be loud at night. There's, you know, you can't, we can't necessarily guarantee that they're not because that's when they're playing. So um, my gliders get up around, so we moved to California, or we moved from California to Arizona about a year ago, um, a little over a year ago. And so now my gliders probably get up around like 11. So um, I always make sure I have the food in there, but they're running around, they're playing, they're like landing on their chain, so it's loud. So I have them out in my main room um, one of the main living rooms in my house because everybody likes to see them. But you have to, first things you have to keep in mind even before you decide to get a glider are what other animals do you have in your house? Do you have animals who are like, who are aggressive, especially to like small pocket pets and things like that, you know, that have a really high prey drive? Do you have cats that have a really high prey drive and like to hunt? Um, Cats have bacteria in their um, mouths that humans and gliders and other animals don't have, which is why if you get bitten by a cat, it gets infected like so much worse is because there's actually a bacteria that we don't have. But it's the same thing for gliders. So gliders can get very affected by cats, you know, scratching, things like that. I've unfortunately seen a lot of issues with that. So you have to understand, you know, what you have, what your expectations are, your work expectations, things like that. You know, are you a light sleeper and you can only keep them in your room? That may not be the best pet for you. Um, as far as cage requirements go, because they do glide and they do, um, they need to run around, they need space. So they need at least, um, I'll send Jackie links to different cages, um, but they need to be at a good size, basically. So mine is what's called a double critter nation. And I will send Jackie pictures of my cage so that she can show you guys. So I have what's called two double critter nations and they are attached side by side. So this thing takes up almost an entire wall and it's taller than I am. And the reason why they need this space is because not only do they like grab their hammocks and they slide and they jump on their toys, but they run around like crazy. They hide. They need a bunch of different spaces to hide in. They need, um, excuse me, uh, they need all kinds of pouches to sleep in. So part of the reason I actually started doing what I do is because I uh, was frustrated. Um, I am, I'm a little bit neurotic. Like a, like, a, like a good neurotic, more like a neurotic, like I want what's best for them. And I started looking and 
I was on Etsy and I was like, okay, like how do I tell if this is safe? Like it looks like fine from the picture. I have no idea. You don't say anything about being tested. Like I didn't know that there were approved vendor lists at this point. And also, um, as I had mentioned on the last podcast, my um, style is a little more alternative. So um, uh, it's definitely more of, you know, like, I mean, my hair is burgundy and I just, you know, it's just, uh, so I, you know, my room is all decked out. It's like dark gray um, and black. So for me, I wasn't about to put a bunch of smiley faces and rainbows in my sugar glider cage. And that's all I could find. So I actually, I bought a hundred dollar um, sewing machine and uh, I'd always wanted to learn to sew anyway. So I was like, well, now's the time. And um, I just bought like a ton of fleece and I just kind of started and I taught myself to sew first on YouTube. And then I just started making like their stuff and it started getting like better and better. And then I was like, okay, like this is cool. And I, you know, I started making things um, in the themes that I wanted for them. And then I sent, just to make sure, I sent it to my mentor so she could test it out just to make sure, like, everything that I'm putting in my cage is safe. Like, I'm making these things, but I have no idea if I'm, like, I just want to make sure it's, like, right, you know? And then she was like, Morgan, like, this this stuff is awesome. Like, this stuff is really nice. And then I had started making scarves, too, um, because as I mentioned last time, too, I have a lot of back issues and neck issues. So it's really hard for me to wear them on my around my neck for a long period of time because they do get a little heavy. And some of the bonding pouches that I had that they came with had very thin straps that um, swing a lot. And so I was like concerned about them and I was concerned about like, and then my neck, like it was just hurting. So I actually started making bonding scarves and I sent it to my mentor as well. And she's like, Morgan, like this is, beautiful like you you know and then people started seeing it and people started buying it off me and it just kind of that's kind of came from there so it's funny um because I had all these pouches that they came with and then once I put my pouches that I made in there they only slept in those so I was like all right like I guess I'm doing something right like and then it just kind of escalated from there. So, um, oh, so, I, uh, your sound. Yeah, no, I fixed it. Um, yeah, it's okay. I had muted in case, um, cause I do have a dog for everyone who knows. And so, you know, in case she came in, I wanted to make sure that, that Morgan had her time and not my dog's time. <laughs> but what I'm showing up here is, um, you, like you mentioned, do you have scarves, you have accessories for the cages, you have toys. These are all things that are needed when you um, have a home. Um, and where would you buy a cage? I know you mentioned that there are different types, but where do you buy a cage? So um, I got my cage um, from Chewy. Chewy sells, uh, my favorite cage is called the Critter Nation or the Double Critter Nation. And what you want to look for is you need it to have a half-inch bar spacing. So um, there's like a Ferret Nation, too, and that has much larger bar spacing. So any cage that you're going to use has to have half-inch bar spacing. Um, they also, there's a website called Exotic Nutrition, and they sell a bunch of cages. I only recommend cages from Exotic Nutrition. I don't recommend any of their other stuff. 
Um, but from what I am, from what I believe, I was just looking into this, but from what I believe, um, the cages are all kind of the same price, but I like the Critter Nation because the doorways are large and they open all the way. Like the entire front of the cage is the door. So the wheels are actually pretty big. They're probably about this big, if you can see in the windows. So mm -hmm. to have a cage with a door that's this big is just really, that's like small, is really hard to get like the wheel in and the toys and just to get in there and clean. So I love the Critter Nation because I just cleaned their cage out last night. I basically had everything open and I could just like reach in and climb in there as needed. And I also really like, that you can attach zip ties underneath and put the tray underneath to catch the litter. So they're not necessarily walking around in like their excrement all day. And that's not something that you have to like clean out every single time because it's getting filthy. Like if that makes sense, that yeah. way it like drops yeah. down. So you can change it out a little bit less frequently. You can change it out like every couple days instead of feeling like you have to do that every single day. So what I heard from you is that in a cage, one, you have to get the right size cage so that the bars are small enough so they don't climb through. And then mm -hmm. the other thing that you have to have in there is the, uh, the pouches and the toys, and then also, um, areas for the feeding. So anything else that you can think of in a cage that someone might need to be, um, I know you have this enrichment guide, which we're looking at right now that when people subscribe to, um, to your, um, uh, channel and information they'll get, uh, but if they, is there anything else that you can think of off the top of your head that they might need as part of the checklist for the cage? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, they're very active creatures. They love to climb and they love to play. So um, when you're getting gliders, it is 99.9% .9 of the time it's recommended that you get multiple gliders. That's right. So you, need, so you need a big enough cage that they can run around and play in and have that room. And then you also um, want to make sure you get safe wheels. So the wheels that you find at like PetSmart aren't going to be safe. What When they run... It's, you need a big, basically open cylinder because when they run, they jump up, like extend out with like their tails and their bodies and then come back down. And that's how they run. And they need to have that room to stretch. And um, a lot of the wheels, especially if it has a center bar, that can be deadly. And also a really cool thing about it is it has... Um, I recommend the wheels that have the open track. So basically what it is, is it's kind of like fencing mesh. It's like, so excrement can fall through as they run. Cause that they like, that's what they do. So um, as they run, they can pee and poo and it falls through. So they're not running in their pee and poo all night. Um, and that way, um, so there's a few that I really like. Um, I have two wheels that are actually called, they're from my glider wheels and more.com and they're called the Raptor wheel. And, um, I actually, in my giant, we call it the Glanchin, the glider mansion. So in the Glanchin, we have wheels on each side and then I'm actually getting a new baby, uh, next week and, uh, right after Thanksgiving, he's getting neutered, I believe on Thanksgiving. Um, but I have a new wheel that I'm going to be trying out. It's called um, the Freedom Wheel from myfreerunner.com. 
And um, so that one is a little bit of a different look, but they're both completely open. Um, and then that has that open area. And then the one that I have, so I guess my Freedom Wheel just came out with Freedom Tracks. I just saw that right before we did this podcast. I haven't tried those yet. I will be. But the My Glider Wheels and More has sandpaper tracks that you can attach onto the outside. So it kind of helps you go between nail trims. But um, we can talk about that on another day under like a different form of care and like yeah. maintenance. But um, as far as that, you want different, you want hammocks, you want different types of pouches. Um, a lot of times too, like my kids almost always sleep together, but sometimes I'll find like Jasper in his own pouch, like pouting, like, hmm. or Olive, she's like, I'm leaving by like. So especially if you have a mix of boys and girls, um, even um, I always recommend if you are going to mix boys and girls, um, get your boys neutered or just get your boys neutered in general. It's better for their health. Um, but we can talk about that on another podcast too. But um, the female still goes into heat. And so sometimes Olive will go into heat and she leaves. She's like, I no, like done. So you always want to have options for them because um, that's how you maintain ha them having a good relationship it, or instead of like, because sometimes fights ensue if you only have like one big main area that they can sleep in instead of multiple options. That makes total sense. I mean, I think everyone who's been in a staycation understands how, why space is so important. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we have up on the screen the uh, free exotic pet enrichment guide. The link will actually be in the podcast area. And also um, you'll be able to get information on the YouTube side as well. So if you're new to, um, you know, learning more about sugar gliders and you want to stay connected uh, with Morgan and how she's um, educating you and everyone else in the community, feel free to pop your name and email in and that way you can grab your, you know, your guide. And we're going to be going over for the different episodes, different parts of this guide. But um, definitely, I'm just going to, you know, share again, subscribe to the YouTube, subscribe to the, the podcast. That way you can stay in the loop as to when we're, um, you know, doing updates on this really cute animal. And again, next week, um, we're going to be doing an episode and, and we'll see if the little one, the new little one will show his face. And that way you get to see, you know one of the first looks because little babies are always so cute. Um, I'm super excited about that. Um, anything else that you'd like to share, Morgan? I know we're going to be talking more than once, but anything else you want to share from the caging perspective? Um, there are, especially if it's something, um, I would definitely join guardians too. And if you like find a cage and you're not sure about it, you can always post a picture and be like, Hey, is this safe? Um, if that's something where you are considering sugar gliders, you can always join Guardians and request a mentor, and um, you'll be paired with somebody who you can ask questions directly to. Um, I just actually bought, so I know for Black Friday last year, Critter Nation did a big sale on Chewy. Um, so if you're looking to upgrade your cage, that would be a good time. Um, the, in, in my personal opinion, I love the Critter Nations. I always recommend them. So um, if that's something where you're looking into getting one or a new cage, 
definitely go with that one. Always make sure it's half inch um, bars facing. When you put it together, there's a shelf bar thing and then your inner bar, like the floor bar. One of them has really wide spacing. One of them has really tiny spacing. The tiny spacing has to go inside your cage. So um, one of my cages was actually put together wrong by a previous owner. So I have like a mesh in there right now. So just, I've seen people make that mistake a lot. So I just would like to put that out there. Um, also with water, um, there are several different options for water. I personally use water bottles. A lot of people like silos. Um, people use water bottles. Some people use open dishes. Um, I always have a minimum of three available in my cage because the water bottles can stick and what happens is they can get dehydrated and it can become an emergency sister emergency situation very quickly so if they become dehydrated so having those multiple water bottles gives them multiple water sources so if one locks up they have other options if you are going to use a open dish um, I always recommend only fill it up halfway or less and I use kitchens. We can talk more about that in the, the diet episode. But basically, I use kitchens so that because they like to throw their food otherwise. Um, so this way, it just prevents them from throwing their food. But I also always make sure that a water dish is under a kitchen. So because sometimes they do fall, and I just want to prevent and keep the water covered. So if anything were to happen, it's covered. Um, I personally give coconut water like maybe once or twice a week just to offer some extra hydration so I always make sure it's filled halfway or less and under a kitchen um but understanding how you're going to feed them and like you know and we'll talk more about that um understanding where your cage is going to